It's a Christmas cracker of a strategy show for cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 173, the last of the year and the closest thing we can get to a Christmas special on the cob. We're reviewing, we're previewing and unwrapping plenty of value again. Santa Claus has nothing on us and here's our own SC. Yes. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's say hello to busy betting elf. Number one, Paul Krishnamurti of betting.betfair. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sam. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Um, and busy betting elf number two. Um, lucky that Justin Lang is not uh, one of our elves, isn't it? Um, Richard Mann of sportinglife.com. Hello, Richard. Hello, Sam. Seasons greetings. I didn't write these um, festive insults. They're all uh, the work of our very own Edward Hawkins. Um, lots to unwrap anyway on this show. Something of a strategy show this week as we take stock and ask, what have we learned this year and how do we apply this to our betting in 2023? We'll also check in on the Big Bish, which shockingly is still going. Edward Hawkins, what else? Yeah, listener question- questions. Best picks for three test matches, a sort of Christmas cracker over those three games. We're going to ask each of our experts to pick one game each. And we've been fighting over that all day on WhatsApp. Uh, those are the highlights of the festive period. We've got treble Claxon as well. And I'm sorry, Sam, I've just stolen your payoff line. That is the best present you've got me all year, Hawkins. Um, let's get on with the show. First stop is the Big Bish, which has indeed been very much the Big Bish. It has lived up to our expectations. Um, Betfair Exchange outright odds for you now, coming via the dulcet tones of Edward Hawkins. Yeah, Hobart Hurricanes, unsurprisingly, 4.9 favourites holding on to that status. Next best, Adelaide Strikers, 5.3. Perth Scorchers, the Champs, 6.2. The Sydney Sixers, who had a terrible start, 6.8. Eight. Then we've got the Renegades, 8.8, Richard Mann's tip. Melbourne Stars at 9.8, who we were also keen on. Sydney Thunder, we'll get to them, goodness me, 16.5. And Brisbane Heat at 21.0. Richard Mann, coming to you first. Um, I never would have gleaned this from our, our thing last week, but shockingly, there appear to be a lot of average teams in this tournament. Yes, it's it's not been great, has it? Um, I think the batting's been really average. I think we've seen some good attacks, thinking Perth Scorchers, um, Hobart themselves, Melbourne Stars look to have a terrific stack. Um, But the batting hasn't been great, and actually we've only had one successful run chase so far, um, and yet we've not had a score of 190 or 200, so it's not like anyone's been massively batted out of the games. Just poor batting. Um, but, But the bowling's been good, I'll give it that. There's some real good pace attacks on show. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, among this muddle of mediocrity, have you spotted any betting gold? Well, first of all, just to say that Adelaide have completely confounded my negativity. Um, And given that you've got Travis Headaches, Carey to come on about January 7th, 8th, we were estimating they must have a chance. I still wouldn't be crazy about four to one, given their lack of pedigree in the competition. Um... The angle I've spotted, I, I like, is we talked about the runs at each ground last week. The Docklands Stadium, the one match we've had there, 
was 175, a successful chase, um, 175, 14 sixes. And that maintains last year's much improved trend for the ground. So I think that could be a ground to follow. So now nine of, of the last nine first innings there now, seven of them were 170 plus, four 180 plus, and then a couple of 200s. Now, okay, granted, we're not going to get many huge scores in this, but we will get a few 200 scores. This could be the ground. And I think that backing that in every game, the doctors will probably turn a profit at the end. Hawkins, what on earth is up with the Sixers? Uh, Good question. Don't know the answer. But generally, I think Sixers are going to come good because they do have an enormous amount of talent in that uh, team and that squad. And they're not going to lose a huge amount of players to the UAE and South Africa leagues. And I think we've seen rocky starts across the board. But it's going to be a tournament of two halves. And those teams which are holding on to their players and not having massive squad churn, I'm, I'm sure they're going to come back stronger at the tournament uh, back end. So that does include sixes in that group and Hobart Hurricanes as well. And I, Paul mentioning strikers, they are going to lose Rashid Khan uh, in January. So he's right. They're not a great price. So... Stick to what we said last week, I think. That's the, that's the take-home at the moment from the bash, even though it's been a rocky start. OK. Uh, Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti, if I offered you a chance to switch from your original outright picks, do you take it, Richard Mann? No, I think the Stars and, and the Renegades, which which are my two sides, both impressed uh, for different reasons. Stars look to have a really good bowling attack. I'd be a little bit concerned about the batting. And Renegades, as we, as we said last week, they've got a good experience batting line. So pretty happy where they are. I think the Renegades could go considerably shorter, actually, in the next few weeks if they get on a roll. I do agree with Ed, though. I wouldn't be writing the Sixers off yet. They generally find a way to come good and too much experience in that side to write them off. Okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti. Yeah, I would. Um, so Sixers have had a slow start. I think they're still in it. I agree with what Ed was saying, but I'm not keen to jump onto a side when they've lost their first two. Whereas completely agree with Rich. Um, Renegades are the bet right now at 9.0. They've got two wins from two. The next game's against Brisbane Heat, who they've already beaten and are arguably the weakest side in it. Um, we said before in the preview that they look a much improved squad. And just with this start, they've shed the negativity of recent years. You know, can they go all the way? You know, I'm still dubious. But are they going to trade shorter than 9.0? Yeah, I'm very confident they will. I think they're going to be in contention. Okay. Um, any bets that stand on the games coming up this week, Richard Mann? And then the same question to Paul and and Edward Hawkins. Yeah, briefly, Stars and Scorch just face off on the 23rd. What's that, Friday? I always get muddled up Christmas week. I just thought this had the potential for being low scoring, actually. Um, both good sides, but very good bowling attacks. And I've not been that impressed with Scorch's batting, nor Stars. I think they've got a bit more to do. Um, but two very good bowling attacks. Uh, the MCG did a bit in the World Cup, you remember. Obviously, the weather's a little bit better in Australia now, but I still thought there was potential for this to be a low-scoring game. I'd be playing unders first innings runs, and if it was a muddling run chase, I might be just backing the side bowling second as well. OK. Um, Paul Christianity. Yeah, so I, I mentioned um, Renegades playing Heat. That's on Wednesday. Now, when they played in the first uh, previously, Akil Hussain took both Heat openers and... Uh, took three for 15 match winning performance can't believe he's 17 to 1 for man in a match that's an insane price and I think there's a very good chance he could set it up for the middle order again 
for heat, um, which that's been a pretty good betting strategy over the years for them because whilst they're, you know, really pretty ordinary outfit, they have got quite a strong middle order. And in particular, I'm talking about James Basley coming in at 7, 25 to 1. And as a long shot, Xavier Bartlett, 100 to 1, batted at 8 in the last game. He can bat the guy, so definitely worth an interest of those silly odds. And then on Thursday, we've got Sixers v Hurricanes. Um, I'm very keen on backing Sean Abbott, 3 to 1, bowling at the death. I think that's a pretty solid bet for that tournament. And uh, note that Hayden Kerr top scored in the last match from number seven against Perth. He's 22 to one. And as Ed pointed out in the preview, he could be promoted at some point and to open. So I think, you know, again, you won't go too far wrong taking big prices about him. Yeah, talking of promotions, just to to end this little uh, section off for us, uh, Daniel Sam has potential to be promoted for Thunder. They've lost Jason Sanger, who is batting at number four with a broken collarbone. They've having a great tournament, having been bowled out for 15 against strikers. Now they've lost their captain. So I think Sams is going to be promoted up the order at some stage. Could even open, because I'm not sure Matthew Jilks is going to be pulling up any trees in his opening position with Hales. So keep an eye on that one. And also Ben Cutting at 17s. Uh, staying on that Sixers-Hurricanes game. Surprised on the exchange. Sixers 2.18 versus Hurricanes. Expect Sixers to come back Good. Listener questions still to come, but for now, a brief review of the cricket betting year. And the big question is, what have we learnt? What can we take into 2023? Richard Mann, I'm putting you on the spot first. Well, I think it's time we have to accept that that chasing has become so much easier in test cricket um, definitely an influence of, of white ball cricket where, where teams love to chase obviously quite often the playing day nighters and, and the white ball and dew help, helps batsmen but in test cricket England have, have led the way they just chase for fun all summer at the time of recording they're, they're making another 160 run chase look really easy against Pakistan in the third test um, and, and then before that you know when India did it in Sydney a couple of winters ago we thought that was an anomaly. We thought Kusul Pereira against South Africa two years before that was an anomaly, but it's just becoming more and more frequent. Teams are batting well in the last innings. The test match just gone on there. They lost the match, but Bangladesh they made three too far against India batting last. Batting last seems to be getting it easier, an influence of, of white ball cricket, no doubt. And I think dinosaurs like me, I think we're going to have to accept it and, and ride it and don't be put off betting, betting teams that are batting Batting last that maybe need 330, 350 to win. I'm interested to see what the guys think on this. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you make a good point, Rich. I mean, that was certainly the case in the summer in England. And of course, the issue there in England was those pitches were really great pitches. They lasted. Um, saw another game the other day. It wasn't batting last. Yeah, it was batting last. Sorry. Um, they couldn't possibly win the game. But I mean, who could have seen Bangladesh getting 320 batting fourth against India the other day? having on a pitch that was turning from day one. So maybe, you know, that the other thing as well as the white ball cricket angle, they're just setting up pitches to last five days because too many were finishing early. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it, it just reminds me a little bit what England are doing now, what, what Australia did back in the 90s, early 2000s. They were the first team to really go and score at four and over. That was their mantra. They set it up and everyone can score at far and over now. And now England are saying, well, we can chase 350. And and you would think soon enough, everyone will say, well, we can chase 350. You know, the game evolves. And I think as better as we have to do that too. 
Okay, thanks very much, Hawkins. Anything to add to that? Uh, no, I think I think they're spot on, really. Um, and just picking up on England very quickly, uh, they are going to are they going to evolve or revolve more? I don't know. It's a bit, bit bit partridge. Do we want evolution or revolution? They're only going to get um, faster, I think, because uh, Ben Folkes' test career is probably coming to an end because Johnny Best has got to come back into this test side uh, and they're not going to drop Pope, Brook or Duckett or Crawley. So uh, Pope's probably going to take the gloves and also Jack Leach's test career looks over because Rahan Ahmed has obviously come in and done incredibly well. So they're only going to be more aggressive with that lineup. Um, so everything is on the table as far as England are concerned. Hawkins, the only thing we know is that we know nothing. So I think that's just no speculation. Let's just sit back and enjoy it. Okay, right. We've got some wisdom from some Twitter, Twitter shrewdies too. At Nelberg Cricket is a good follow, great value spotter. He says his take home is to get engaged, not with to a, another person, with your betting. Uh, he says discuss bets. They might have missed something. You might have missed something. Team news snippet here and there. Sometimes just general cricket chat. Hawkins, over to you. Yeah, at Trader12, another good follow, good guy with his stats, uh, has picked up some market inefficiency. I know we've got a question on that coming out. It says, look out for over-under player sixes markets, both pre- and post-toss at the big grounds. Found very often there's no relevant adjustment made for games at grounds such as the MCG. Well, Paul Krishnamurti will know all about that one. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, what have you learned? Uh, or do you know everything already? <laughs> Certainly not as my abysmal year on the best bets will um, testify. Um, so first, we completely agree with those two points. We'll get to the uh, ground run stats in a bit. Uh, but first of all, I definitely agree with um, Nelberg Cricket, who's a great follow himself. Um, there is just so much cricket on now. There is, you know, men's cricket, women's cricket, domestic franchise events going on left, right and centre, clashing with one another, as well as the internationals. You can't keep in touch with it all. You can't watch them all. And so as much engagement you have with other cricket betters, the better. And, of course, in addition to that, there's more angles and more markets than ever before. I mean, just look at the sportsbook page. You know, it takes you half an hour just to read one one match. Um, specifically, though, the lesson for me has to be baseball because I got that completely and utterly wrong. What England have done in Pakistan is just incredible. It's one of the most incredible series results I can ever remember. You know, I've been down on England as a test side for a number of years and they've completely turned it around. Uh, they're the best white ball side in the world. And as Rich was saying before, they're, they're bringing that to the test game. And I don't see why that wouldn't continue. That's what most players are geared towards being white ball players now. So why wouldn't it change the game? Um I mean, no doubt there's going to be some reversals. They're going to lose some games and perhaps we'll get a bit of value when they do occur now that, you know, the sun's shining for them. Um, I mean, they are the perfect side for my in-play, double the odds in running strategy with Tess because I just don't think, unless you get a lot of rain, the draw's not in the equation. Just very quickly jumping in on that, what Paul said you know, you talk to any county cricketer now and 15 years ago, most of their training was geared towards red ball and then a little bit of white ball at the end. And it's the other way now that the balance is, is gone gone towards white ball because people want a contract in 100 and, and better still in the big bash and better still in the PSL and better still the big cash cow in the IPL. Things have completely changed and I think players are going to have to play to their strengths going forward and that's hitting the ball out of the park and, and that will come into test cricket, there's no doubt. 
Okay, lovely stuff. Um, Hawkins, yes. what and how are we going to bet in 2023? Well, yeah, I'm just going to pick up on a point that Paul made and then we can go to the, the next section on questions from Twitter. But, uh, yeah, I think we've got so much cricket coming up in January, for example. We've got UAE League, South Africa League. I think the bash will still be going on, obviously. Um, and it's going to be just going to be a bun fight. And I think you can be, as a punter, you can be sort of a bit like a kid in a sweet shop um, and try to get a taste of absolutely everything. Uh, and instead of searching for a bet on every single game or every other game, try to let the bets come to you. Only bet on what you know to be true because you can be, you'll be looking at these markets and you will convince yourself that you've got to have this price and you've got to have that price. And I think when we've got so much cricket coming up in Jan... I mean, you could just—you're going to be burning through um, your betting book if you're not really, really careful. Only bet on absolutely what you know to be true, please. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, some questions from Twitter. Graham at sorry, Graham G Stone asks: uh, Going into 2023, which teams, international franchise, White Bull or Red Bull, are most overrated, and which are consistently best value? His second question. Is Basball a fad or a permanent change to the way Test cricket's played? Keep up the good work! Exclamation mark. We like comments like that. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, uh, Paul Beeford wants to know whether you have. Or am I going to let someone answer that question first? Yeah, can we give yes. that one to Rich? I think that's the one for Richard. Yeah, I I think uh, underrated team. I've still got faith in South Africa's white ball outfit. I think they're they're playing the the modern way, and they've got so many good young batsmen. Stubbs, Brevis coming through. I think they're an exciting white ball outfit. I don't want to talk about the Test team though. They're really on a downward trend. I think we've covered Basball. I, I think they they have changed the way Test cricket is played. There'll definitely be some roadblocks along the way, potentially this summer in the Ashes. But I think going forward, that four and over will become five and over for a lot of teams. And and it's just the way cricket is going to be played now. Um, these these players are, are trained and geared up to play a more aggressive style. Okay, lovely stuff. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, Paul Beeford wants to know whether you have identified any market inefficiencies this year. Yeah, well, I want to build on the point before that Tried to 12 made. Um the runs and sixes markets just aren't efficient at all. I don't think this, the runs in particular, you know, um, too often it seems like uh, all the lines in a tournament start around the same just based on an average. And really the average is meaningless and there's such big differences between the grounds and the overhead conditions. I mentioned the point before about Docklands and those stats. Well, Docklands, the run lines are going roughly, kind of roughly the same as they are everywhere else. And getting back to England yet again, this is really relevant here because you know when they when they when they play like that, the par line's meaningless. They're either going to get all out very cheaply, or they're going to, or they could hit six hundred. You know, the whole year was full of insane turnarounds in the runs market in England's games. So when there's four or five wickets down and the par line is maybe a hundred, hundred and fifty. There is every chance they're going to make 250, 300 from there. And there's also every chance it's going to go wrong. They're going to be all out for under 50. And in both cases, you'll get enormous points, enormous odds. You, you don't want to be betting five to six on England's runs, whether you're a, a seller or a buyer, do you, Paul? You want to be going for the, the big ones because this team are capable of absolutely everything on both sides but we saw that at large when they collapsed against New Zealand when it did a bit they were 59 for not and they were all out for nearly 100 just over 100 sorry and then we've seen them chasing 400 in half a day it's, it's ridiculous absolutely absolutely agree 
Okay, thanks very much, gents. Next up, we're cherry-picking the best advice for three tests starting just before the year's end. And the treble klaxon and best bets still to come, too. Right, going to break with the tradition and press this. It's the treble klaxon and it's Paul Krish Namurti. Okay, so this is an 87 to 1 treble, but fortunately, the last leg, hopefully, the first two win, you'll be able to maybe cover in running on the last one. So we've got Mahidi Hassan Miraz to be top Bangladesh bowler for India, Sean Abbott to be top Sixers bowler against Hurricanes, and at 9 to 2, South Africa to win the second test against Australia. Okay, thank you very much. Paul Krishnamurti, right, Bangladesh versus India, second test series starts Thursday. From Merpur, UK time. I'm not entirely sure what time UK time, but you know, sometime UK time. From Merpur, 6.8 Bangladesh, 1.24 India. The draws 8.2 on the Betfair Exchange and uh, Hawkins. Yeah, well, it's, it's not actually coming to me. We're going to go to Paul Christian Paul Christian because he's requested to uh, give us the best selection on this one, I believe. Yeah, okay. So, um, well, I noticed they've actually drifted a bit, India, 1.35. And I think that's absolutely huge. They've never lost to Bangladesh in a test match. They've won seven out of nine, two draws in Murpur. And there's only been one draw at Murpur in 10 games, and that was a washout. So I think they've got a much better chance at 1.35. Real banker material. A um, couple of side bets here. Mahidi Masahasan Mraz, top bowler. If you took three to one in the last 10 matches, you would have made 20% profit. He's had a very good year with both bat and ball. And secondly, Zakir Hassan made his debut in the last match, made 120 in the other innings. He's over under 18.5. I think that's a cracking bet of five to six, much better than his fellow opener, um, Najmul Hassan Shanto, who's only done it, tw- beaten it twice out of 18. Uh, 03.30 start time. Sam Collins, those are the numbers you were searching for. Thank you very much, Hawkins. You are the yin to my yang. Right. Two tests starting Boxing Day. Of course, it's Australia versus South Africa from the G. Um, times to follow, no doubt. 1.36, Australia on the Betfair Exchange. South Africa, 4.3. The draw, 8.2. Uh, Richard Mann, is this one coming to you? No, it's not. It's coming to me, isn't it? Or do you want it, oh. Richard? Do you want me? Fi- do you want to fight me for it? No, I'll leave that to you. We'll see if you can uh, work out what's going on with this South African batting order. Oh, you've teed it up nicely for me, actually. This is a 23.30 start on Christmas Day. Uh, so uh, it's a little bit half an hour just before Boxing Day, but Richard Mann's quite right. Uh, five times out of five tests, the last five tests, South Africa have gone under 200. So South Africa's batting is not going to get any better. Certainly not the MCG where there's been some decent assistance for bowlers. So we're looking to play under their first innings runs. Um, we should be able to go under the par line, possibly around about sort of 260, 270, maybe even higher than that at even money. So that would be my best pick for the Boxing Day test at the G. OK, lovely stuff. Thank you very much. Uh, coming up next, no prices yet for New Zealand versus Pakistan. Pakistan still playing, of course, at, versus England as this pod was recorded. Um, Richard Mann, what have you got? Yeah, just briefly, I'm quite keen on... I mean, Regular listeners will know I'm a bit of a fan of Will Young. He did okay against England last summer, um, but actually did pretty well in India earlier 
uh, well, in 2021, it was late 2021, made a 50, uh, a good 89, actually, in, in one of the test matches. And I just think he looks a, a, a good setup for the subcontinent. As we've seen in this England series, no sideways movements. The seamers aren't going to cause him that much trouble until it starts reversing. So Will Young... I just wanted to elaborate as well. I probably haven't mentioned it. Going to just look at uh, top batsman strategy uh, in 2023. And because this is a strong field, I won't be betting in the top batsman market. I'll be probably having three-quarter stake on Young to make a 50 uh, if I think the conditions are good for batting and a quarter stake on him to make a century. There's just too many dangers, and I think I, that's probably where I've gone wrong a little bit in 2022. Like the player... But sometimes you've got to take account, take into account the level of opposition as well. And this is a good New Zealand batting order. Okay. Thank you very much, Richard Mann. Is that the end of the show, Edward Hawkins? Yeah. If you could just tee up best bets, then we'll move on to that section, I think. I'd be happy to do that. Right. Coming up next, it's best bets. As always now, best bets time. We have some scores, we have some doors, and we have Edward Hawkins. Mm, yep. I'm going to give you some numbers here for the year-end. Paul Krishnamurti, minus 38. Richard Mann, minus 20.22 for the year. Tricky end uh, to 2022. But uh, Richard Mann had a 17-point swing on Ben Stokes, uh, winning T uh, T20 World Cup final man of the match. So we're absolutely raging on that. He'd only be minus three. And also, uh, Paul does point out that we've probably come back extremely strong in the last three months. Uh, we've taken probably chopped off about 40 points or more. Um, so we've got five points each for the guys to spend this week. Can they continue their good recent form? And it's Richard Mann to go first, please. Yeah, I'll kick off with uh, Will Young. One point, five points to make a first innings 50 in the test against Pakistan. I'll kick off with half a point. Akil Hussain to be man of the match. Renegades versus Heat at 17 to 1. Yeah, and just finishing off on Will Young, uh, half, half a point for him to make a first in century versus Pakistan. It's same game, Renegades v Heat, half a point, James Badley to be top Brisbane run score at 25 to 1. Yeah, and same test match. I'm going to have half a point each on Tim Southey and Neil Wagner to be man of the match versus Pakistan. Seamers have done the business for England. Okay, uh, Sixers versus Hobart. I'll have 1.5 points on Sean Abbott to be top Sixers bowler at 3-1. to one. Yeah, and I'm finishing up, just building on Ed's point a little bit, actually. In the Australia-South Africa second test, I'm going to have, have, have one point on Kyle Verene, top South Africa first innings batsman. Okay, and my last bet, 1.5 points at 3-1, to one, Mahidi Hassan Mraz, top Bangladesh bowler at the India in the first innings. Yeah, and I've got a point left, so I'm going to split stakes. Still in the top South Africa batsman market, I'm going to have half a unit on Keshev Marahaj, and then I'm off for, I'm off for broke with Kasigo Rabada, half a unit in the top South Africa batsman market. And in the excitement, Paul Krishnamurti has forgotten his last one unit bet. It's 9.0 Melbourne Renegades to win the Big Bash. And that does it for your Christmas cracker. Cricket only better. We'll see you next year. <laughs> 